a royal ruin preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on Sunday, May 5, 1974. The text is 2 Chronicles, the 26th chapter, the 16th verse, But when Uzziah was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. God made him prosper. Turning now to the 16th verse, but when Uzziah was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. For he was false to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. But Azariah, the priest, went in after him with eighty priests of the Lord who were men of valor. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for you have done wrong, and it will bring you no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was angry. Now he had a censer in his hand to burn incense, and when he became angry with the priests, Leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priests in the house of the Lord by the altar of the incense. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead, and they thrust him out quickly, and he himself hastened to go out, because the Lord had smitten him. And King Uzziah was a leper till the day of his death. And being a leper dwelt in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. And Jotham his son was over the king's household, governing the people of the land. Uzziah was a great king. If we had had time to read those verses which we skipped over, we would have known firsthand just how successful he was. This man was successful at whatever he put his hand to do. He was successful in being able to gain the respect of other people, even when he was very young, for he was made king of Judah when he was only 16 years old. The age when young people in this state can apply for a driver's license. And not only was he successful in gaining respect, but he was very successful in doing his job as king, for he reigned for 52 years and you have to have something on the ball to be able to be effective for that length of time. He was successful as a, as a general and as a military man, and he gained the reputation of being a fearless leader, and he amassed about him a standing army of more than 307,000 men. 
He was very successful as an organizer. He was a successful inventor, and what is even more important, he had that successful ability which all of us feel we need more of. He had that ability as an administrator to motivate other people to invent and to discover and to dedicate themselves to the goals for which God had created them. He is a successful rancher and, and farmer. The Bible said he loved the soil. And probably part of the reason that he was so successful was that he learned those lessons which I think a man can really only learn on a farm. When you respect that which is the source of so much wealth, the soil, you know, you can be successful at so much in life. Oh, King Uzziah was successful. But he was even so successful that he was successful in ruining his own life. Now, the pathetic thing was that ruination did not have to come to Uzziah. He didn't want it. His family and friends didn't want to see him destroyed. God didn't want to see him ruined, but nevertheless, he was. What happened? What wrecked this great, successful man? What ruined this bit of world? Where dropped the first spark? that reduced this palatial personality to charred ruins, where sprung the first leaks in this mighty vessel that brought forth the drowning waters of destruction and death. The Bible said it was pride. And you know pride always comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Uzziah didn't have trouble when he was just on the ladder to success. His trouble came when he became successful and strong. He was an individual who was successful at everything in life except learning how to be successful with success. He could not seem to prosper with prosperity. There are some lessons to be learned, I believe, from this man's life. This man was one who was destroyed by his pride. Now, we're all acquainted with pride. It is the temptation that comes to each one of us when we decide we want to pass God, <laughs> when we want to run faster than God. It is that temptation that comes when we think we can make decisions which only God has a right to make. It is that temptation that comes when we want to do a work for which God has ordained someone else to do. 
It is that temptation that comes to every man and woman, but a temptation which seems to be stronger the more you are successful. That temptation that is recorded in the third chapter of Genesis, that damnable temptation that makes us have the desire to be like God. And when a person, a man, a woman, a young person knows success, that temptation can be so strong. And when we yield to it, it leads to our own destruction. Now pride is one of the most subtle of tempters. It's not always easy to tell when in our strength and through our success we are beginning to crumble. It began to happen in the life of Uzziah when he changed his tactics in trying to achieve, achieve success. It says in the Bible here that as long as Uzziah sought the Lord, God prospered him. On his way up the ladder to success, he had asked for God's wisdom, for God's guidance, for God's correction, and God had prospered him. But once he made it to the top, for some reason or another, like so many people today who have made it to the top, he changed his tactic. And he became guilty of that which many of us are guilty. Instead of seeking God and asking God for God's wisdom and insight and strength, he began, because of his success, to tell God what should be done. Up to this time, he had always come to the Lord, and he had talked over his problems. He had asked the Lord what he would want him to do. He had sought the wisdom of God to know what he should do. He had knocked in prayer persistently upon the wisdom of the Almighty, wanting to know what was God's will for his life. But then came success. And success did for him that it can, what it can do for any one of us. It began to make him feel that no longer did he have to ask God, he could tell God what should be done. And we see here by his attitude and by his actions that day when he went into the temple to do what God did not want him to do, to burn incense on the altar. He went because he had forgot to know how to ask God for help. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. The branch does not connect itself to the vine, it cannot bring forth fruit. You see, we are successful only as we find our strength from the Lord. But when the day comes when we think that we can outthink God, outrun God, know what is better or best rather than God, 
You run away to being destroyed. This is what happened to Uzziah, unlike the young boy Samuel, who, in the presence of the Lord, said, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Uzziah, when he went into the church that particular day, rehearsed that particular idea and said, Listen, Lord, for thy servant speaketh. That's the temptation that comes to successful people of wanting to try to tell God how things should be done. Abraham Lincoln, during the nightmare of the Civil War, was once asked whether or not he was concerned that maybe God was or was not on his particular side. And Abraham Lincoln, the great president of our United States, said, the state said, that is not my main concern in life. I never worried whether or not God is on my side, but I'm constantly concerned that I am on God's side. There's a difference, you see. To gain the way to success, one must ask and seek and knock upon the wisdom of God's guidance. But when the day comes, when we think that we have been so successful as individuals and a church and a nation and as families that we no longer have to depend upon the Lord for our strength, we are beginning to destroy ourselves and lose the success which God has granted unto us. Yes, Uzziah began to sink when instead of asking God, he began to tell God. And he went even further into the depths of destruction, self-destruction, when he thought it was all right to become angry with other people who were called and ordained by God to be successful in their own realms. You see, this is what happens sometimes when we become successful. We begin to believe that we have the secret to success and that no one else, even though he be called and ordained by God, can be successful. Only we have the right answers. This is what happened to Uzziah. He was an individual who did not like to have anyone even though he were ordained and called by God, say no to him. And the object of the anger of Uzziah was Reverend Azariah. Now that was a man of God. And though he was not equipped to become a king, he was endowed by God to become a priest. And as any minister of the Lord knows, that if a minister is going to be successful, and it may be surprising to you that ministers are supposed to be successful, the minister must learn early in his ministry to learn to know how to say no to some of the great kings and queens whom he loves. This particular priest said no, together with his fellow ministerial associates who followed Uzziah into the temple that day, 
And when Uzziah heard someone else who was equally ordained to do a task and to become successful here in this life say no, Uzziah became very, very angry. This is a key, you see. This is a hint. But when we become angry with those people who, like ourselves, have been ordained for a specific task, we may be on the verge of destroying ourselves. Look what's happening in the world today. Look how many angry people, angry, successful people we have in the press, in the mass media, in politics, who are so angry because one man continually says no. A man with whom we may not agree, but a man who, if you believe in the providence of God, has been ordained to be successful as a leader of our life. Horrible things can happen to an individual, to a church, to a nation, to a family, when you have people who are so successful and affluent that they become angry at other people who are equally successful and affluent, but who have the power to say unto them, No. A new day is dawning, ladies and gentlemen. A day when we are beginning to realize that unless some of us who know we are ordained and called to a specific task must realize we must say no to some of the hair-brained, selfish, self-centered, ungodly plans that are being presented to the church, to the nation, the world, and to our homes. For if we who are called by God refuse to say no when God has placed it upon our hearts to do so, Someone other than God has got to help us because God already has given us his answer by telling us to say no. So be careful. Let's all be very careful in this day when there seems to be such an angry mood in America and in the church and in the communities and in our families. Maybe it's because some of us who have been so successful are not being justified in being angry with those who are also successful in being called by God to do their job. Uzziah, Uzziah further destroyed himself when he refused to do what some of us won't do, when he refused to take a good, hard look at himself. You see, Uzziah was no stupid person. He, 
He had grown up under the teachings of Zechariah. He was an individual who, who knew the commandments of the Lord. Yet he was an individual who would not look at himself in his successfulness. He wanted everybody else to look at him, but he refused to look at himself. So consequently, when he was on this road of self-destruction, every priest, every minister, everybody in the temple saw the change that was coming over their king. The last one to recognize the king's problem was the king himself, Uzziah, and it was simply because he refused to look at himself until it was too late, and then he was the last to know that he had changed. His complexion had become reckless. He was an individual who had ruined himself, and he automatically had excluded himself from being in the presence of God's people and dwelling in the house of the Lord. He looked, but it was too late, and nothing could be done even by God. And one of the great problems we have in the world today is that successful people will not look at themselves until it's too late. Until it's too late. Mr. Success, please take a look at yourself. As you now are on the pinnacle of success, and I knew when I prepared this sermon that today I would be in the presence of people who have been very, very successful. Some are still on the road and climbing the ladder to success, but many of you who are here in the sanctuary or listening to my voice, in the words and in the terms of the world and of God, you are a success. In industry, some of you are kings. In research, in education, religion, politics. What a king! What a queen! And God, we thank him for you. But you are in a moment of danger. Your families, your pastor, your loved ones, your friends, your colleagues, your God, does not want to see you fall to ruin. But there's only one person that can help you to be successful and not to fall to ruin, and that is yourself. So take a good, hard look at yourself, Mr. and Mrs. Successful. Look and see if those ideas that you believed in and those ideas that you based your philosophy on as you came up the ladder, are they still there? Are you still as sensitive and understanding and as approachable as you were back then? Can you still look at yourself in the mirror on every morning and know that this is you from a recognition of the same person you were when God called you and endowed you with the abilities that have brought you to this road which has ended in success? 
That's a question only you can answer. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm worried about America, about the church, because I'm greatly concerned about some of you who have reached the pinnacle of success, because our future rests upon such people. And so many people have fallen from success to destruction. Isaiah was not the first, nor was he the last, that was ruined by success. Any person who thinks he stands, let's, let him take heed, lest he fall. God bless you. Father and our God, you made us, you created us, you gave us the endowment that we have. We are nothing without you. But help us not only when we're in the valleys, but help us when we're on the mountains of prosperity. Father, we need your help more then, perhaps, than in any other time, for we find so much there the desire to destroy ourselves. Father, please, may mercy and goodness from you be with us all the days of our lives, so that we may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with you all now and forevermore. Amen.